Now, before we begin today's program, I just want to take a moment for a great shout out to a wonderful governor, great governor, my governor, Ron DeSantis here in Florida. Uh, Listen to him as he is coming to the podium at a school to make a speech. You do not have to wear those masks. I mean, please take it. Honestly, it's not doing anything, and we got to stop with this COVID theater. So if you want to wear it, fine, but this is, a, this is ridiculous. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome to the weekend edition of Truth to Ponder. And I'm your host, Bob Bierman. I wanted to take a moment here at the beginning of the program to share that little audio clip of my governor, Ron DeSantis, Speaking at uh, University of South Florida, he was there to announce this uh, $20 million cybersecurity education initiative, and he had a number of high school students that might qualify for such a program behind him as he made that speech. Well, as typical in the mindset of educators, shall we say, in counties that lean to the left in Florida... Democrat strongholds. All these students are wearing face masks because don't you know that face masks totally prevent COVID just like vaccines totally prevent COVID and social distancing totally, you you know that, you know it all. And as the governor approached the stage, he was smiling and he said, hey, hey, you can take off the face mask. In other words, pretty much they were told to wear them. 100% of the students are wearing them. Now, the Washington Post and other newspapers had the story. Now, I've seen the video, and then I've seen the story as outlined in the Washington Compost. It's not even worth being a newspaper. It's not even worth using as a puppy liner or birdcage liner. The Washington Post is a journalistically bankrupt, morally bankrupt, truthfully bankrupt, garbage newspaper that if you are spending any money supporting it, you're a fool because the paper is nothing but a propaganda hit piece. The newspaper described the video that I saw with my own eyes, smiling Ron DeSantis, smiling students. The newspaper said he was scolding the students. No, he was not. He was saying, come on, guys, you don't have to wear this. Well, the newspaper, the Washington Compost, the lying piece of garbage that it is, tried to infer that most students kept their mask on. Well, they, they didn't. Most of them took them off. Only a handful kept them on because teachers in this country, the leftists in this country, they have made people afraid of anybody with a case of the sniffles. But we've normalized sudden death in young people. Listen, I want to get back to the interview I had yesterday with George Christensen. He is standing by. We talked a lot in the past about COVID being the big news story and all that goes with it. We have a lot on the program next week. But George, down in Australia right now, what what is dominating today? Because it's not COVID. What in the world is dominating the news cycle down under in the great country of Australia? 
the, the same as yours, Ukraine, 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 Russia, Russia, Russia. So um, you're right, uh, COVID's, uh, COVID's disappeared from the public view, surprise, mm-hmm. surprise. And it was only just a few days ago that I was actually saying um, uh, that, that, that COVID was over, really. Yep. Uh, everyone that I'm talking to is just saying, I'm I'm over this, I'm sick of it. Um, and, and they want it all to end. Hence, we have some of the things lifting, some of the restrictions lifting mm-hmm. in Australia, whether it be mask mandates that are lifting on the uh, 4th of March in the state that I live in. Now, i got to say, I get a little bit angry about that, even though I should be happy about the fact they're going. I got angry about it because it's just another illogical thing. I mean, what happens on the 4th of March that makes it so, uh, uh, you know, well, well, well what, what, hey, wait, wait, no, corona, coronavirus sent the coronavirus sent an email saying we're we're yeah. leaving your we're leaving your territory and province on and state on that date. Yeah, well, I mean, obviously, because on the fourth of March, uh, apparently something's changed that can enable us to take off these masks. And uh, well, yet yeah. tomorrow, I'm going to have to go out and into into uh, a public uh, area, and I'll have to have the mask on, or else mm-hmm. otherwise I'll get fined. Anyway, all of these things are sort of disappearing, but they keep on. And by me saying they, I'm talking about the the powers that be in my country keep on latching onto. Um, certain aspects of this pandemic. Like the vaccine. Well, well, yes, indeed, vaccine mandates. They won't let that go. So there are people who have lost their jobs who will, and these are not just like any old jobs, they're not like, 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 you know, baristas or waiters. I'm talking about people who studied for years at university. Uh, They've spent decades in these roles and their whole life's work is just gone up in smoke because they have taken a stance around bodily autonomy and their employer, in -hmm. some cases the government, but their employer is just saying, well, we don't care about your bodily autonomy. We don't care about freedom of choice. We don't care about your human rights. We're sacking you because you are not doing what you are told in terms of taking this experimental vaccine. Well, here's here's been my question for the longest time. And, and, you know, what, what really troubles me, I know that in the United States, and I'm sure that it's pretty much the same worldwide, these vaccines are out there under what is called emergency use authorizations. I'm certain that every country has uh, something similar. In other words, yep. where the, the, man, the manufacturers of the vaccines are not held liable for any damage that those vaccines do. Am I correct in assuming the same thing occurs in Australia? A hundred percent. We call it provisional approval, and you are right. Uh, The vaccine manufacturers are not liable for side effects in Australia. So, now, here's my question. We we already know, and, and this is indisputable, that the vaccines do not stop the spread of COVID, period. They don't stop you from getting COVID, period. In fact, vaccinated people tend to spread it at a slightly higher rate than unvaccinated people. So the purpose of a vaccine to protect you from getting and spreading is a lie. It, it is it is a total fabrication because they've never done that from day one. What little effect they may give you, what you know, and I say that very carefully, what little effect disappears quickly thus we got into booster one two and and 27 in in short order 
And we also know that it is suppressing the more you take of this stuff. Now we're seeing uh, basically coming down with vaccine acquired AIDS in people because you're killing the immune system. So if a private company demands that I take an experimental vaccine, unproven vaccine, a vaccine that could injure me or kill me, uh, why why won't the company take on 100% liability for the demand that they made upon me? Look, if I if I work in broadcast and let's say I was still a let's say I was a tower climber, but I never was. You know, these companies take liability for me being a tower climber and putting my life at risk. And they insure me and they take care of me. But with these vaccines, if if you uh, should suddenly have a stroke, you know, if you notice that we have, I saw this the other day, in two years' time, we have made people paranoid about anybody that sniffles, has a cough, or sneezes. We've made people paranoid. Am I right? Mm-hmm. But we've made people thoroughly accept sudden death, uh, strokes, and heart attacks in children. We've normalized that, and that's what I don't understand. Yeah, look, uh, there's a lot of illogical, irrational policy responses that have happened here, and no one's just stopped to uh, do an analysis of of uh, unintended consequences. Uh, and, you know, that's of course if you think that all of the consequences that have come to bear are unintended. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the jury's probably still out on. Some oh, of those I things. think that in some cases uh, this is by design worldwide. Uh, yeah, I, I, look, I, 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 you know, I don't have the receipts to prove that, uh, but if someone actually came to me and showed me the receipts, uh, I would not be surprised because this level of illogical policy response, this level of irrationality to a, a virus that has a 0.27% infection fatality rate, it beggars belief. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so you can be forgiven for thinking these things, and um, you know these days uh, the difference between a conspiracy theorist and a news reporter is about six months, and I think that, that yeah. gap's closing. Yeah. That gap's closing immensely. <laughs> well, as I said, one of the, the real key to me is that COVID, and I said this back in December. We started realizing, as I in my prayer life, I've just made the Lord just laid it on my heart. You know, this virus is going to fade in the news, and the truth is going to come out, and people are going to be scrambling for the exits. But don't think that you won, because there'll be something else around the corner. We now know in every country how far you can push the people and get away with it. I think Canada is, and what I'm seeing in Canada, my neighbor to the north, another nation in the anglophobe, you know, reality of nations, is that what, you know, you saw a truckers, you know, you saw the entire truckers uh, convoy, freedom convoy, and they invoked emergency powers that were designed to be used like for World War III, not for a protest, and they enacted that against their own people. Now, what are these police and I'm going to call them for what they are in Canada. Some of these police Nazis trying to do. Well, if you gave money, we may shut off your bank account. In other words, they now have found a new way to impact fear. 
you spoke out against your dear leader, Trudeau, and his wonderful policies designed to be helpful to you. And because you have put our nation at risk with COVID and your lack of a vaccine, we're taking away your ability to pay your bills, put food on your table. We are going to force you into compliance. I see, I think in Canada, uh, a lot of the spirit of a lot of people may have been broken because of that. Now people are afraid. Oh my lord! I gave fifty dollars to this, and now they they may shut off my bank account. Uh, do you think that Trudeau, uh, also a World Economic Forum graduate, is getting the desired effect from many of his formerly non-compliant people? Well, look, yes, he probably is because people are fearful and they're right to be fearful. Um, quite honestly, those measures that we saw deployed in Canada mean that Canada is no longer what you would describe as a Western liberal democracy. Nope. It's my, it's my fear about actually what's happened to a lot of Western liberal democracies, uh, possibly including, or well, definitely including Australia, possibly including uh, many states in the United States. Oh, definitely New too. Zealand. Don't forget uh, New Zealand. Yeah, New Zealand, definitely. Uh, that, that, that's for sure. But but what I think we've seen is some, some governments going from Western liberal democracies to woke mob democracies. And I'm using air quotes when I say the word democracy in that, that latter oh, yeah. term. Uh, because democracies, uh, democracy is not two vaccinated wolves and the unvaccinated sheep voting on what's for lunch. Uh, yep. But that's what that's what these uh, uh, woke liberal democracies have become. And it will go further than just the vaccine as the uh, as the issue. You know, like. Uh, uh, look at the issue of freedom of religion and freedom of faith. Mm-hmm, I mean, mm-hmm. uh, we're seeing this all the time, where Christians in particular are pushed into the margins and uh, and and cancelled, deplatformed, uh, silenced, uh, even dragged before courts for things that they say and believe. This is oh yeah, look at Canada. Australia. Look at look, Canada's doing that to um, one of the pastors. His name escapes me. He's originally from yeah. Poland. He saw communism firsthand, and now he's having to live the nightmare in Canada of all places. But I can even get away from the COVID issue and tell you a case in Australia. It goes back a few years, but a, a Catholic archbishop in a state called Tasmania, he actually sent out a a pamphlet to Catholic school students to give to their presumably Catholic parents. Okay. The pamphlet was about so let's make sure, make sure everyone understands yeah. this. This was yeah. not out for the general public. This was not out there. Right. This wasn't yeah. on the public airwaves. This was a private correspondence given Correct. to students in a school that should be like-minded to parents that are like-minded because they put their children there. Okay. A hundred percent. hundred percent. And it shouldn't have mattered. It really shouldn't have mattered who it was going to, but it very specifically, Catholic Archbishop giving a pamphlet, the Catholic school students to hand on to their presumably Catholic parents, and it was about the Catholic Church's teaching on marriage. Now, I know that in secular society, the idea of the traditional view of marriage is a very, very uh, controversial thing, but it shouldn't be controversial uh, for a Catholic pastor, a bishop nonetheless, to be actually teaching his flock what the Catholic Church's teaching on marriage is, Mm -hmm. and yet... As a result of doing that, 
He was hauled before an anti-discrimination tribunal in Australia, a jumped-up kangaroo court, a government-backed kangaroo court, yeah. to answer answer for his thought crimes. Now, uh, because of political pressure, the complainant dropped the complaint. Uh, however, the commissioner... It'll be back. Who was going, who was going, well, it, it, will, it will be, and it sort of has been to, to a degree. But, but the commissioner who was overseeing the case... She publicly expressed her disappointment that the complainant had dropped the case because she said, before even overseeing the case, that she believed that Bishop had a case to answer uh, for for uh, saying the Catholic Church's views. Why? Because she said he purported those views to be fact rather than opinion. Uh, now, this is the thin edge of the wedge. It uh, really, I know. I know. really is. Um, so, so... You know, again, I raise this issue to just remind people that COVID is but uh, one of the issues that uh, people are coming unstuck for. People are getting censored, cancelled, uh, scrubbed out for. It can very easily happen on a range of other issues, and it has happened before, at least in Australia, when it comes to matters of faith. So. I'm very, very worried about the future. I'm very, very worried about uh, uh, what governments have managed yeah. to do over the course of this pandemic, mm -hmm. uh, particularly with things like what you see in Canada with uh, definancing people. And, and more so, what I'm very worried about uh, is how a lot of Western uh, countries have just acquiesced. Their populations largely have acquiesced. Uh, there are uh, populations in great countries like yours, in states like Texas and states like Florida uh, that have stood up and said, no way, mm -hmm. uh, no way, sunshine, you're not going to be able to do that to me. And uh, But they keep trying. Great. They keep but trying. They, that's great. But they will come back. They will come back and they will come back until they get what they want. So, you know, it's up to us to... Uh, to really, really be vigilant about this because freedom is at stake. Let me just ask this. Before this segment runs out, and I want to get this in, you know, we, we kind of moved where I, where I really wanted it to move uh, on the faith side of everything, which we generally like to get into as well. When you look at our, you know, we, you talked about the, quote, Western democracies out there, and, and they're really not democracies. They're, uh, they're fool's gold, as you said yesterday, about all this stuff. I mean, it's an illusion. It's a total illusion, uh, these, these Western democracies. And the idea of freedom of speech and freedom of your faith and religion is absurd. They, they're being taken away under the name of hate speech and other nonsense. And the only reason I think that could ever happen is because of the spiritual decay over the decades in many of these democracies. Fifty years ago in the United States, you had the vast majority of people would identify as Christians and the vast majority would identify as participating in worship on a regular basis. Now that is the minority. And even in that minority... A lot of them are in now the destroyed, apostate, woke churches that believe and celebrate all manner of sin. So we're already in bad shape. It's my understanding that you're even in worse shape than we are in Australia. Am I correct? Oh, look, we definitely are. Uh, we are uh, 
sadly very much a hyper-secular society here where um, we're not just post-Christian in a way, uh, we're anti-Christian. We have... Um, uh, we have tried over the last month to get a bill, uh, a proposed law through the parliament, uh, a religious discrimination act, and uh, I hate that term discrimination. It should mm -hmm. be a religious freedom uh, act, but it, it's called the Religious Discrimination Act. And it failed to get through. And, you know, worse than just failing to get through, uh, what tried to happen, they tried to amend this bill, which was all about protecting people's right to have a belief, protecting people's right to express that belief. And the bill was amended so that in Christian schools, that schools could not in any way, shape or form uh, discriminate, in inverted commas, because it's not really discrimination, but uh, discriminate against children on the basis of sexuality or gender. And so what that bill would have done in its amended form is to stop any single Christian school from having, say, a policy in place that stopped boys from using the girls' toilets uh, or vice versa. It, it would have stopped schools from having a uniform policy that said that all genetic males had to wear the boys' uniform. Mm. Um, so, so, so you just think about that. A bill that's crafted to, to stop discrimination against people of faith and it ends up being something that just goes down the woke agenda Absolutely. of LGBTI, you know, insert the rest of the alphabet here, rights. Um, uh, well, what, what happened to our rights? What happened to my right and your right to actually say what we believe, to believe what we believe and to, to express that without being hauled before some discrimination commission or without being, um, you know, censored, cancelled, definanced or losing our job? Yep. All of these things are happening in Australia. And I've got to tell you, it's not too long before they happen more and more in the United States of America. We need to be vigilant. Oh, yeah. We really, really do. Do you? Let me ask this to close out this segment, and I, and I think this is a good place to – it's important because we can talk about vaccines, we can talk about the World Economic Forum, we can talk about all of these things all the time, but, you know, it is what it is. It is where our world is heading. It's not going to stop. It's preparing the body of Christ, the church, to endure these times ahead. And there is no get out of, you know, tribulation free card, which a lot of people are falsely believing in. If there was such a thing, there would be no martyrs in the first century. People would not have died for their faith during the Second World War. And many people did, not just Jewish people, but many Christians died for their faith. Look at what happens in Islamic nations. Same thing. There will always be persecution. There will always be those trying to kill you. And if you think that it, you know, it can't happen here. I live in Australia. I live in Canada, the United States. I've got freedom, freedom, freedom. You just saw in the last three or four years of your life how little freedom you really have. And and if you think that you're going to get suddenly magically raptured out of this and you're not going to have to deal with it, uh, tell that to all those that have died before for the faith over the last 2,000 years. Now, here's, here's where I want to – I want your opinion on this. Mm. Is the church – 
the true body of Christ, not the apostate ones that celebrate gayness and same-sex marriage and any manner of sin, you know, the phony churches, the apostate, satanically filled churches, do you believe the true church, those that truly believe, are going to be forced, just like the early days of the church, to be underground? That's the question as we close. Oh, look, absolutely, I do. I think that that's going to be more and more of a reality. Uh, if you or your listeners haven't read it, I'd suggest to read the book uh, Live Not By Lies by Rod Dreyer. Uh, it talks about uh, about this, as does his previous book, The Benedict Option, um, and we really are going to have to prepare for this. And the preparation of this is getting ourselves in order, getting our own lives in order, living free of the lie, the lie that is uh, what's peddled about in the modern era. Uh, and once we get our lives in order and are living free of the lie, we need to spread the truth to counter the lie. And there's no better place to spread the truth than in a Christian ecclesial community, a church. Um, we, can, we can be part of that movement uh, that fosters a culture of truth uh, within society that's dominated by the lie. Uh, and so churches are very, very powerful for doing that. So retreating actually in a way isn't a retreat because it's just regrouping and it's using the 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 power of people coming together in truth to actually be a bit of a bulwark against the lie. And so I think that that is the future for the Christian church. Peaceful action by as many people as possible in a community who have not succumbed to the lie. And George, I want to thank you. I want to thank you for spending time with me today on this edition of Truth to Ponder. What an excellent place to finish up today's program. We as Christians have to recognize that while we are not of this world, we are still in it. We are supposed to also be salt and light in this world. And a lot of people, a lot of Christians have lost sight of that. If you're running off to the caves and the mountains every time you hear the word Antichrist, every time you think things are going bad, then are you really accomplishing the great commission of Jesus Christ? I don't think so. Look, there comes a time when we do have to meet in the catacombs. But we are in this world not to be afraid of this world and to hide from this world, but to share the light of the truth of the gospel with other people. And sadly, too many people are afraid to share that gospel message. They're afraid they might be deplatformed. They're afraid they might lose some friends. They're, they're afraid of what people may think of them where they work. A lot of people like to be closet Christians where they will never share the Word of God with anybody because they're afraid, they're afraid of the consequences. The Bible is rather clear. If you, if you deny Jesus in front of others, then don't be surprised when Jesus denies you before his Father. Many Christians have lost their life for the faith. Many people have lost everything for their faith. Too many people in the Western world, the United States world in particular, are too lazy and they're not willing to give up anything for their faith. They want nothing but benefit. 
with no hardship, no skin in the game, no support, no nothing. And that's not the way we should be living. On the other side of the break, I've got some great information to share, and I've got some real encouragement as well that I really believe you need to hear. The shortwave project here in Florida is coming along wonderfully. We made a lot of progress this past week, and I expect even more progress this coming week. Pray that a couple of items that we've been waiting for, which in this world of supply chain issues has been held up. So pray that that log jam, so to speak, may be open. We're trying to get this thing done at a full power. And with that, I'm hoping that as we get into the uh, what's called the A22 season in shortwave, which is the 27th of this month, there'll be more airings of Truth to Ponder that you can find on shortwave. I'm a believer. I'm a true believer in using shortwave radio. It is a powerful, powerful medium. Now, if you can help us financially to keep shortwave going, would you consider making a check payable to Ancient Word Radio? That's Ancient Word Radio. The mailing address, Truth to Ponder, 5753. That's 5753 Highway 85 North. 5753 Highway 85 North. And the secure box there is 3248. 3248. And that is in Crestview, Florida. Crestview, the zip code is 32536. 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248 in Crestview, Florida. And the zip code is 32536. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Beerman. The name on your sin. Coming up. Shalom Aleichem. This is the nice Jewish boy, Jonathan Kahn. Your Jewish connection bring you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Now get your pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out on receiving a special free gift you're going to get in love in a moment. The word is chata'ah. Try it. Chata'ah. It's the Hebrew word for sin. It's interesting because it's not just the word for sin, chata'ah. It's also the name of the sin offering. The sin that, or, or actually the sacrifice that takes away sin. So it's an amazing thing, chata'ah, because the same word for sin is the same word for the sin sacrifice that takes away sin, that removes sin. It's a mystery. And it's an incredible shadow of Messiah, of the gospel, because Messiah is the fulfillment of the chata'ah. He's the sin offering. It's written, he became sin for us. See, it reveals a real incredible truth. The sin and the sacrifice that takes away sin are so closely bound they become one. That's the mystery of Messiah on the cross. He's the sacrifice for sin, becoming sin for us and receiving our sins. By that, we are free from sin. So in Hebrew, the two words are the same. That means your sin has the name of Jesus on it. The word sin and the word for the offering of sin are the same. So every one of your sins already has his name on it. Imagine that. It means his his name, his cross, he already took it. He owns it. Every one of your sins is covered by his name, but you got to give it to him. It says, you know, money has Caesar's name on it, so render unto Caesar what's Caesar's. But sin has Messiah's name on it, so render unto Messiah, God, the things that are God. Don't be lost in condemnation. Your sin is already covered. It's got his name on it. It's covered. It's paid for it. It's his. Only give it to him because your sin is called chata'ah, but so is Messiah. Want more? Ask for the vow 
Now, how'd you like to receive special daily meditations and teachings with the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus to give you victory for every day of your week and updates on Israel and prophecy and free subscription to Sapphires and the incredible Mystery of the Temple Doors. You'll love it. It's free. How do you get it? Easy. Just remember Jesus is real Hebrew name, Yeshua, and you dial it. That's it. You will be blessed. But call now. That's 1-800-YESHUA-1 to receive your free gifts and you will be real blessed. That's 1-800-YESHUA-1. I invite you to join me in the Great Commission to bring salvation back to the Jewish people, reach millions of unreached peoples around the world. Shortwave Radio, you can blanket the earth with salvation. You'll never be able to reach the world better than this. Just call 1-800-YESHUA-1. That's Y-E-S-H-U-A-1. Now, you can write me direct. Just write to the nice Jewish boy box, 1111 Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. That's the nice Jewish boy, box 1111 Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. Till next time, this is Jonathan Kahn saying, give it to him. Peace be to my friend, to you in Messiah, Chata'ah, the sin offering. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome back to part two of our weekend edition of Truth to Ponder, and I'm your host, Bob Bierman. I know a lot of you are only able to hear this program on radio on the weekend. I know of a few radio stations that only air this program on the weekend, including the the Voice of Hope out of Zambia in the eastern southeastern part of the continent of Africa. And I want to thank those of you that do listen, even if it is just on the weekend. Now, maybe some of you are able to listen to a podcast, and you can find out more about how to hear this program for free as a podcast from our website, which is truth, the number two, ponder.com. That is truth, the number two, ponder.com. Also, if you get a chance, would you let me know how you listen to the program? Now, I know a lot of people listen on WRMI, which is a shortwave station out of Florida. There are some that listen on KVOH at 9975 kilohertz, coming out of near Los Angeles, California, plus some other radio stations along the way. But increasingly, a lot of folk are listening as a podcast. Now, I know the platform could disappear if the tech tyrants so demand. But as long as the opportunity is there, you can hear whenever you'd like on demand the program Truth to Ponder. To find out more, visit our website, Truth and the number two ponder.com. Truth, the number two ponder.com. I'll look forward to hearing from you. Now, I'd like to share a little story from 47 years ago, roughly this weekend, 47 years ago, I ended up working in a small little town in Northeast Georgia called Tocoa, Georgia. And my job back then was to be on the radio on their FM radio station from two in the afternoon until six in the evening, plus other duties But I also had to work on Sunday morning. And Sunday morning was 6 a.m. until I think about 12 noon. 
Now, when I first started at that radio station, I mean, this was a very unique experience for me. I, I'm, I was aware of the South. I had family in South Carolina, uh, but some of the culture and some of the things in radio were a little bit different than what I was used to living in New York State. Now, part of my job on Sunday morning, I would meet this other announcer and we would have breakfast at the Waffle House in Toccoa, Georgia, a little bit before five in the morning and then head to the radio station where I would turn on the AM transmitter and this individual then did a a two or three hour radio program. And his program was called The Old Ship of Zion. The Old Ship of Zion. And the guy that did that program, he he passed away a number of years ago. His name was Detroit Steeple. Detroit Steeple. He was just a wonderful man of God, owned a, a business in town, and he was a black individual. I'm a white guy, but the two of us, we hit off a friendship that lasted his entire life and and I I really enjoyed my time working with Detroit Steeple. On many a Sunday afternoon, he would be involved with with these music programs at predominantly or just primarily black churches around northeast Georgia and into even the western part of South Carolina. One day he made me an invitation I couldn't refuse. He said, "How would you like to sing in my choir we're singing it I can't remember the name of the church like oh it could have been Mount Sinai Baptist Church I can't remember Uh, but I I agreed to do that and I'll admit I was the only white face in that in that church but you want to know something I felt God's presence and these were just wonderful people and I, I did that a number of times it's one of those things in my life hard to believe All that started 47 years ago this weekend. Being conformed into the image of God. I just want to say this really quick. Being conformed to the image of God. We live in truly very difficult, very changing, and very uncertain times. Three years ago, two years ago, you would have thought everything was going to be fine in no time with the pandemic. Look where we ended up. Look where our world is today. It is unstable, it is changing, and it's never coming back to, quote, the way it was. And if you're not really, shall we say, molded into the image of Christ, if you are not deep into his holy word, the Bible, if you're not praying, how do you expect to be strengthened in times like these? One of my favorite hymns you're hearing in the background, Have Thine Own Way, Lord. It is time to be molded into the image of Christ. Here's a a message I preached about hmm, four years ago that deals with that very topic. Heavenly Father, I pray that this day you have your way with us and your church. Heavenly Father, open our ears that we may hear. Open our eyes that we may see and open our hearts that we may receive. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. I remember a number of years ago, I used to work for a college, and I had to travel frequently up to the mountains in Georgia and, of course, into Tennessee. 
And a number of years back, I was in Gatlinburg, Tennessee, in a hotel, and I'm watching the cable TV channel, the local TV, one of the local channels. And there was this endless infomercial for this pottery place just on the outskirts of Gatlinburg in the Artist Row region. And I'm watching this, and I've decided, you know, I've got to go by and see this. Now that I've watched this for three hours, I've got to go by and see this. So I went by, and they give you, like, the free tour. And they take us to this area where they have the new clay. It's sitting outside. They try to keep it wet, and they're still working with it. It's kind of gray. doesn't look like much. And they get it further refined, and they bring it inside. And in one of the first areas, there's a guy with a potter's wheel. And he's just sitting there with a handful of very ancient tools, very simple. And he grabs this clump of clay, plops it down on the little spin table, and he starts the motor running, and he's got the thing spinning, and he's just forming this clay up and down and smashing it down, making it wide, and... He's doing this for quite a while, and you wonder, what is he making? We learn it's part of the process of getting the clay ready to kind of expose all of it and turn it and make use of it. A little bit of extra water. He keeps kneading it, and I watched him begin to form something as he moves his hands in while it's spinning, and it begins to rise. And after a few minutes, you realize that he's making some kind of a goblet or a chalice. Looks beautiful so far. I mean, it's so well-formed. It's spinning there. This is just, wow, what talent. And he continues spinning this goblet, chalice, has like little knives he pulls out to really make the edges perfect. And this process continues, and finally, he stops the wheel And there's this dull gray thing that looks like a chalice. It's still not much. It's got form, but it still has a ways to go. They take this goblet and they take it into the next room, where for I don't know how many days it has to dry. Because right now it's still wet clay. I mean, you could just squeeze on it gently. You're going to change it. And so it needs to harden to a certain point. And then they show you this other room where there's other things like it, the plates and the bowls and even like this goblet. And in that room, these are the ones that have dried for a while. And they're beginning to put color to it and paint and decoration. But they still look dull. They still don't look all that impressive. Looks kind of nice. Then the next step, they put it in the kiln. And with that refiner's fire... What comes out is breathtakingly beautiful. I own a chalice like that. Matter of fact, I'm having a church in Florida using it for their communion service. I even got the little plate to go with it. It's beautiful. Handmade. That hymn we just sang, one of my favorite hymns, Have thine own way, Lord, have thine own way. You are the potter. I am the clay. One of the biggest problems I think we sometimes face in the church today is we forget who is the potter, who is the creator, 
And who's the clay? Oftentimes, this clay can be defiant. This clay can be imperfected. And it can cause damage. What is the purpose of the church? Today is Trinity Sunday. And in many church calendars, and face it, every church to a degree has a calendar. They all have Christmas. We all have Easter. We all have at least a few of the days. And the whole idea is we walk through the life of Christ. And we've come to this point following his resurrection and that time that he spent on the earth as he prepared his disciples for his departure. Last week, we celebrated the giving of the Holy Spirit to the church to empower the church. The church is not powered by us at all. If the disciples had been disobedient to the Lord's command in Jerusalem and tried to start the church before the Holy Spirit was given, it would have flopped and failed miserably. They were not powered. They were not ready. The Holy Spirit teaches. The Holy Spirit purifies. The Holy Spirit directs. Sometimes we like to use the wisdom of man over the ultimate wisdom of God. I got news for you. God is not subject to our opinions or votes. Only his counts. Ours doesn't. His word makes that final. And oftentimes we'll look at God's word and try to change it to suit us, to make us feel better about ourselves. Yesterday, today, forever. Jesus is the same. There's a great chorus. Praise the Lord. He never changes. We do he doesn't. Trinity is the marking of a season that will run for many months. The color after the first Sunday turns to green. Green is to remind us of growth. Growth. Not just in numbers of people, but growth in the individual deep into God's word. This is a time for us to grow. We have walked through his life. We started at Advent knowing and learning that we needed a Redeemer, a Savior that was promised since the Garden of Eden. And Jesus came to fulfill that, that promise. Jesus, the Lamb of God that took our sin upon himself to the cross so we could be freed from that condemnation that we justifiably faced. Jesus, as promised, rises from the dead to give us victory over the grave. Victory over death. I can tell you from my own personal experience, death is one of those things we Understand, we're probably one of the few creatures on this earth that knows to number our days. We understand that instinctively at a young point in our life. Those, like myself, that have lost somebody dear, we understand what it means. But we also understand the promise and the expectation that Christ is all-sufficient. 
I want to keep this sermon short today because I know you have a meeting coming up in a few minutes. If I was to say there's some bullet points to today's sermon that I want you to take with you, that hymn summed it up. Lord, have thine own way with me. Have thine own way with the church. Less of me, more of you. God, if my ego's in the way, crush it. If my opinion is so strong, but I never bother to see if it's in your word, shut me up. There are times that people make pronouncements in a church of what they think should be done. My question is, where is it here? If it's not here, I don't care. The preeminence of this is God's church. It's not my church. It's not anybody's church. We're members of the body of Christ, the living body of Christ. And every member has its part and its function and its expectations that God has given to us and calls us to do. When one part of the body fails, when one part of the body is in rebellion, we know how that can be on a Saturday morning if the stomach's not working right. If one part of the body is failing, the rest of the body suffers. I don't care if it's a hangnail. It hurts. The Lord wants his people to be unified in him. Not in any agenda, but in him. You know, we look at the needs we have, and I'll close on this one little scripture. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things the Gentiles seek, will be added unto you. If he is not first, then everything is, com is coming in last. That's the bullet point for today. To Lord, have thine own way. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this opportunity to share your word with this congregation. I pray now with everything inside of me, with everything you've ever given me, to Lord, to bless, to multiply, to preserve, protect, and increase this congregation. I pray, Lord, for the descending of your Holy Spirit upon the hearts and the minds of each person here to open our eyes, as we said in the beginning, that we may see, to open our ears that we may hear, and to open our hearts that we may receive. For this we ask in the name of him who redeemed us, Jesus Christ, our Lord. And all the congregation said, Amen.
thine own way, Lord. Have thine own me and try me, Master, today, wider than snow, Lord, wash me just now, as in thy presence, humbly I to bring you a message of hope as we come to our weekend edition of this radio program. It's so easy to dwell on all the negative things happening in the world today, whether it was the pandemic, whether it's the unrest in Eastern Europe, you know, the wars and rumors of wars and everything the Bible has has predicted. I think for a number of people, particularly in the United States, We've had it easy for so long. We've never had real persecution. We've never had to give up anything until recently for our faith. And I really believe that's causing a lot of people to really question if they even have a faith. We need to understand we're we're coming into a very unique and changing time. The likes I don't think we've ever seen before. And if you are not in Christ, if you're not part of that family, what hope do you really have? Does your, does your faith stand the test of time? And that's why I shared this message from like four years ago. Yeah, this message was pre-pandemic. This message was pre the election of 2020. 
this election was pre all the stuff going on in Eastern Europe. And honestly, if you go back that many years ago, we weren't even hearing much of anything of any consequence out of out of Afghanistan and other hot spots in the world. It was it was for the most part fairly peaceful time. We saw the United States economy improving rapidly. Things were really getting better. Unemployment figures improving, gasoline prices coming down, home ownership increasing. So from an economic point of view, things were going in, quote, the right direction in the United States and pretty much most of the Western world. How quickly we forget the blessings we have, how quickly we forget all the things that can go wrong. How many of how many of you forgot here in the United States, 2008, the economic collapse or, or the 2000.com bubble and other things that have come along? We're getting ready to face some unprecedented times, I believe, in this country. And if you are not conformed in your faith, in other words, if you're not being conformed into the image of Christ, that's why I shared that message about have thine own way, Lord. You're the potter, I'm the clay. The clay doesn't tell the potter what to do. St. Matthew's Gospel, chapter 6, verse 24. No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. And too many people, too many people are trying to do just that, and they're going to fail. They're ultimately going to fail. They always do. A lot of people, well, their job comes before their faith, their church, their belief in Jesus Christ. Their needs, their home. They, they worry about those things. And they, they worry about peace. And, and look, I believe in Jesus Christ. And I know that peaceful times are not guaranteed. I know that good times are not guaranteed. So why would I expect everything to be good? I know too many people that are what I call the cultural Christians, conservatives, and they're telling me, Bob, just hang in there till November. November of 2022, man, we're going to fix it. We're going to throw those bums out and and it's going to be wonderful. In 2024, hey, we'll get this guy in. It's not really going to change the trajectory of biblical prophecy who gets into office. It's too late for that. It's time to get yourself right with Christ and stop trying to fix things the world's way. If anything, if anything, prepare. As the Bible says, forsaking not the assembling of thyselves, which is the matter of some, but even more as you see the day approaching. Listen, I want to thank you for taking the time to listen to today's program. If you can help us pay for the shortwave airtime, would you do that, please? Make a check payable to Ancient Word Radio. Ancient Word Radio. Mailing address is Truth to Ponder 5753, Highway 85 North, number 3248. 5753, Highway 85 North, number 3248. And we are in Crestview, Crestview, Florida. And the zip code is 32536. Once again, Crestview, Florida, 32536. 
Until next week, may God bless you. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, Truth, the number two, and the word ponder.com. That's Truth, the number two, ponder.com. Truth to Ponder, shining the light of truth in a darkening world. You coming to bed, hon? Yep, honey, I'll be right there. Just got to turn out the light. Ow! Ow! Some things never change. Like your kids always leaving tiny toys on the floor for you to step on. And Geico saving folks lots of money on their car insurance. Sweetie, I think I left the downstairs light on. Please don't make me go. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.